Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. Welcome to Promise Church. I'm so happy you are joining us for a very special Easter Sunday. This is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And so wherever you are today, we celebrate. Even though we're not able to be in this house, I'm very thankful that we can be together like this. We're gathered around TV screens, tablets, and phones. We're on Facebook Live. We're on YouTube. We're archiving these. And I love seeing the messages that pour in to the church inbox. I love seeing people do their own posts and, and tag promise and pictures as they're gathered around screens as a family and just worshiping together. So let us know you're here. Let us know where you're watching from. Let us know who you're with. Say hi to others that you see in the comments. Uh, maybe post a verse. Give us a, a hallelujah. Type it in all caps if you feel that way. Any way you can give God a praise today, let's do it. Because today is Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. And I want us to look at the resurrection today. Because I believe it's going to give us hope. Because we have more hope than anyone else on the planet today. No matter what is going on around us. When Jesus was crucified in 33 AD, there were only about 120 people that were true, committed followers. The others had scattered when he was arrested and crucified, but there was 120 that were in that prayer room on the day of Pentecost. And today, 2,000 years later, the church is a global force. Governments have risen and fallen, but the church is alive and well. Wars and sickness and disease and adversities and storms and persecution, problems, shaking, stirrings, everything you could imagine have come and gone over 2,000 years. But guess what? The church of Jesus is alive and well. And today there are believers in every country, every continent, every race, every nationality celebrating the resurrection of Jesus in every corner of the world today. And think about that. How did it happen? How did the gospel make such an impact on our world? How did 12 fishermen that Jesus chose to be his disciples become what the church is today? In a word, it was the resurrection. And that's what we celebrate today because truly it changed everything. When God said, I'm going to come to earth and die for the sin of mankind, and then I'm going to prove that I'm God by resurrecting from the grave three days later, that is the single most significant event in history and nothing else even comes close. It split history into A.D. and B.C. And every other event is dated by the resurrection. Even your birthday is dated by the day, the month, and the year on how long it's been since Jesus came out of the grave. It's the single most significant event in history. Jesus was resurrected. And we're talking about a resurrection today. Not a resuscitation. They're not the same. 
People get resuscitated all the time. If you faint, we can resuscitate you. If you get knocked unconscious, we can bring you back to consciousness. There are people who will even technically die for a few minutes. Their heart stops beating and their heart can be restarted. That is resuscitation. But resurrection means you've been buried in the ground for three days and then you come back to life. Only Jesus has done that. That is not resuscitation, church. That is a resurrection. And that single event changed all of history. And what it did is it turned the disciples from being discouraged, from being defeated, from being depressed into courageous and contagious people that were filled with hope. And they began to spread the gospel message everywhere because when they saw Jesus had come back to life, it changed everything. And what I want to do on this Easter Sunday, in the middle of everything that's going on, there are so many challenges in our world today. There's so much uncertainty, but in the midst of everything, I want us to look at why today we, as the church, are the most hopeful people on the planet. We have more hope than anybody else. And truly, there's no contest. We have hope beyond this world. We have hope beyond this life, beyond every circumstance this world could deal us because of what Jesus did on Resurrection Sunday. I want to tell you today that we have hope because we are forgiven. You can be completely forgiven right now, today. Jesus repeatedly said over and over, I'm going to die on the cross. I am the lamb that will pay for all of your sins. He said it over and over. And then he said, I'm going to come out of the grave three days later just to prove that the debt of sin and death is paid for and I am who I said I am. Now, if he hadn't done the second part, then really the first part wouldn't matter too much. If he didn't come back to life, then I have reason to doubt that he really did pay for our sins, but the two go together because death could not hold him. That means that the debt of sin was paid and now death has no hold on us. The Bible gives us this picture of Jesus as many things. It says he is the rock, he's the way, the truth, the life, the good shepherd, the bread of life, the vine, the door, the great physician. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is our strong tower, the Alpha and Omega, the bright and the morning star, the Lion of Judah, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. And yet the very first time that Jesus stepped on the scene, John the Baptist saw him from a ways off. And his, his mission his stated mission was to prepare the way for Jesus. But when he saw him from afar off, the way he introduced Jesus to the world, his introduction to the stage was, Behold the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sin of the world. And we must understand, with all of these titles... His power, His teaching, His miracles, His blessing, yet still His mission first and foremost was to be the Lamb, the Lamb of sacrifice, the spotless Lamb, the Lamb of God, whose primary mission was to take away the sin of the world and offer us forgiveness. That is what Easter is all about. 
He paid the price of sin and the receipt is the resurrection. Forgiveness is for me and for you. And now I'm not facing judgment. I have nothing hanging over me because I have been completely forgiven and you can have forgiveness today. I believe we can have hope today also because we have no fear. Because of the resurrection, we have forgiveness, but also because He came out of the grave, we can live without fear. Because His resurrection gives us hope beyond the grave. So that now, we're no longer afraid of death. Death has no power over us, so there's no reason to be afraid. I mentioned on my Good Friday devotional that when Jesus died on the cross, one of the things He did is He broke the power of death and with it the fear of death. Fear of death is a fear that everyone wrestles with. It's because it's unknown. We don't know what's waiting beyond. But the resurrection changed that. He came back to life. He entered into death and then came out of death. Understand this today. If Jesus had not resurrected from the dead, you wouldn't even know that there is life after death. You wouldn't know it. You might guess it. You might say, well, I hope there's life after death, but we don't really know. Uh, you'd have no, nothing to prove it with. But because Jesus came back and said, I have conquered death and I have the keys to death and hell, meaning I can unlock death and give you a way out the same way I came out, that gives us hope and we no longer have to fear. This is what Jesus promised us in John 11, in verse 25. He said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. We have that hope today beyond the grave. And when Jesus died, they buried him in a tomb. In those days, they buried people in caves and they would put a stone in front of the cave and when someone would die, they would open it and put someone in and roll the stone back. They did this because entire families for generations would have a family tomb. And there would be a lot of people buried in the same cave. So after Jesus died, Joseph of Arimathea volunteered his tomb. And they rolled a huge stone in front of it. But then Pilate had it sealed so it couldn't be moved away. And he posted his guards in front of it. The disciples of Jesus, they were scared to death. They ran and they hid. They were afraid. None of them now believed that the resurrection would happen. They're afraid. They're confused. They're thinking that they are going to be executed next because they had been seen with Jesus. And so they've run away and they're in hiding. But three days later, on that resurrection morning, one of the women that was with the disciples, Mary Magdalene, she decides that she's going to go visit the tomb. But when she gets there, she finds that the stone had been rolled away. There's nobody there. And the grave clothes that had wrapped Jesus up, they are folded and sitting there on the step of the tomb. By the way, some people have said, well, maybe they stole the body. If you steal a body, you would steal the body with the clothes on it. There would be no reason to take the clothes off of the corpse and steal the body. If you're going to steal a corpse, you might as well steal it with the clothes on it. But she found the grave clothes are left there. And then all of a sudden she hears a familiar voice. 
she turns around and Jesus is standing there. And he says to her, Mary, she immediately knew it was the Lord. And Jesus says, go and tell the disciples that I am alive. And so Mary runs to the house where the disciples are in hiding. The door was locked. She knocks on the door. They let her in. And she says, Jesus is alive. I've, I've seen him. And you know what these great men of faith did? They doubted her. None of them, not one of them, believed her. They said, Mary, you've seen a ghost. You're, you're just grieving. They didn't believe her at all. So the point is, even the disciples, none of Jesus' followers, actually believed that he had come back to life until they became eyewitnesses of it themselves. I think we have to put ourselves in the story because we know how it ended. But if we were one of them and you saw somebody walking down the street that you knew had died three days earlier, you would have all kinds of emotions. You'd be in shock. You'd be confused. You would never forget that moment. And it would be utterly life-changing. It would change how you saw life and death. It would give you a hope that there is life after death. One of the things that's difficult to explain without the resurrection is the sudden change in the disciples. Because at the cross, at Calvary, they were afraid. They scattered. They ran away. They were defeated. They were demoralized. They were in hiding, even denying that they ever knew Jesus. Then, all of a sudden, there's a pivot. They're ready to preach the name of Jesus, even if the Roman Empire is coming after them. What happened? They saw Jesus alive after His suffering. Now they have no fear. Now they have boldness. Why? Because they saw Jesus alive. 2 Peter 1 and 16 said, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. And not only these original 12, but Jesus stayed on earth for another 40 days, walked around Jerusalem for 40 days. That's why so many people began to be believers in Jesus because so many of them were eyewitnesses or they knew someone who was. Here's what it says in Acts 1 and 3. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Later in Acts chapter 4, Peter, after the lame man was healed, Peter was arrested, beaten, and threatened to never preach about Jesus again. His logic was simple. I would rather obey God than men. And then he said in verse 20, As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. The resurrection changed his disciples from hiding in fear to boldly telling what they had seen and heard, even under the threat to stop preaching Jesus. They no longer feared man. They no longer feared death because Jesus had overcome the world and defeated death and hell. And we have that same hope today. This world has a lot of uncertainties, but it doesn't have a hold on me because we have hope beyond this world. Death no longer has a hold on us, and so we no longer have to fear. We have hope today because we have God's Spirit inside of us. We have hope today because we can all be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's God's Spirit inside of us. The night of the Lord's Supper, He said to the disciples, I'm going to be leaving. It's time for me to depart. 
I'm going back to heaven, but I'm going to send my spirit to be inside of you. Now, at the end of 40 days, Jesus ascends back up to heaven. But before he did, he tells them, he says, don't do anything until you receive the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do anything in your power. Wait, it is the promise. In Acts 1 and 8, Jesus says this right before the ascension, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. And then exactly 10 days later on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled everyone who was in that prayer meeting. I want you to know today that God does not intend for you to go through life just on your own power. He wants you to receive His love, His joy, His peace that all comes from His Spirit. It gives you a supernatural power and advantage and additional ability that you would not have on your own. Now here's the amazing thing. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead, that split history from A.D. to B.C., that same power is available to us. Look at it in Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. It says, According to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places. What's this saying? It's talking about the power of God's Spirit in our life. You might say, well, what does that mean to me? Resurrection power can raise dead things, could raise a dead marriage, could resurrect anything in your life today. If God's Spirit can resurrect a dead body, it can resurrect a dead dream, dead purpose. It can do amazing things in your life. It's all easy for the power of God. So what is this power? It's power to be free from your past. It's power to face tomorrow. It's power to start over when you feel like giving up. It's power to overcome habits, hurts, and hang-ups that are holding you back. It's the power to keep going when you feel like giving up. That is the power that is available to us. And my prayer today is that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have hope today, finally, because we have heaven. We have heaven to look forward to. I want to say this so strongly today. This is not heaven. This is earth. And we have the most hope because we have an eternal home waiting for us. Jesus said, I must go away and where I'm going, I'll prepare a place for you. And when I return, you can come with me. We know that death is not the end. It's just a transition to our eternal home. In fact, you're going to spend far more time on that side of eternity than on this side. Here on this planet, we might get 50, 60, 70, 80. At the most, you're going to get 100 years on this planet. But on the other side is eternity forevermore. So what is heaven going to be like? Well, in a word, it's indescribable. You and I trying to understand heaven would be like a mosquito trying to understand the internet. We don't have the brain capacity. But we do have this book. We have the book of Revelation, and it's a vision of what heaven is like. We don't understand it all, but we do have a glimpse. We know it's going to be beautiful. We know it's going to be amazing. How do we know that? Well, look at the earth. It's a broken planet. It's a fallen world. 
Nothing works perfectly here, and yet there's still a lot of beauty. Sunrises and sunsets, mountains and trees and flowers and palm trees and beaches and all of the beauty that God gave to us as He created this earth, and yet it's imperfect. Imagine what a perfect place that He's preparing for us will be like with all of the sights, all of the sounds, all of the colors and tastes, and it's absolutely perfect. It said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. And today, no matter what's going on around us, we can have hope. When fear grips everybody else, when hopelessness grips everybody else, we can have hope. Let's spread that hope today. That's why we have more hope than anybody else on this planet. And let's spread that hope today. I have hope because I can be forgiven of everything I've ever done wrong. I can go to sleep tonight with peace and a clear conscience, knowing that I'm right with God. And my prayer for you is that you will do the same today. Pray and say, Lord, if there's anything in my life that's unpleasing, wash me, forgive me, and give me the strength to overcome it. I have hope today because no matter what happens in this world, I don't have to fear. He's already overcome this world, so I don't have to fear anything in this world. Jesus has overcome death and has the keys to death and hell, so I don't have to fear death. I can have hope today because His Spirit is alive inside of me. His Spirit gives me power, it comforts me, it counsels me, it gives me love and peace and joy in the middle of everything that's going on. His Spirit is inside of me. And I have hope today because Jesus is preparing a place for us so that we can make heaven our home. And when Jesus said He's preparing a place for us and in our Father's house there are many mansions, Thomas said, Lord, I want to go, but I don't know the way. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I want you to know today that salvation is in Jesus. He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life, and He said, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. You can make a new start today. You can have hope today. You can place your faith in Him today. You can have love, joy, and peace all because of this Resurrection Sunday that we celebrate. The stone has been rolled away. The grave is empty. He is alive. And because He is alive, we have hope today. We have hope beyond this life, beyond this world, and beyond anything we will ever face all because Jesus is alive. And I want to pray over you today that this hope would get deep down inside of our spirit today. Lord Jesus, we just pray today on this Resurrection Sunday. We pray, Lord, that faith would rise up inside of us. Faith in your resurrection, faith in you, faith in the fact that you're preparing a place for us. And I pray, Lord, that that hope would run over a flow of our hearts and our lives today. I pray that that hope would run through us today, God. And I pray that it would become a contagious thing that, that comes from the church today on Resurrection Easter Sunday, that there is hope and life and power in the name of Jesus Christ. 
And I believe we can all say amen to that today. We wish you and your family a very good and happy Easter Sunday. And we're so happy that you spent it with us at Promise Church. We'd love to connect with you on any of our social media platforms at My Promise Church on Instagram and Facebook. Connect with us on our website, www.mypromisechurch.com. We wish you a blessed and happy day. God bless you for being with us today. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.